Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where I bring on two guests to read a book suggested by one of the guests. This week I'm joined by the hosts of Best Acquaintances, Ollie Brady and Emily Bennett. This week we read Waylander 2 by David Gamel at Ollie's Suggestion, which is why Ollie's name is first. Your Emily's first one next time. <laughs> it's fine. I, don't know. <laughs> I was sitting there going, this is the first time... That's the first time my name has ever been mentioned first in relation to best acquaintances. Like, woo! You liar. Um, so, Ollie, why did you suggest this book? Okay, now I feel like I may have been a bit stitched up here because uh, when Megan was telling us about this podcast before she recorded the first episode, she said, "I want you to pick a book that was important to you at a at a different stage of your life." And you should um, you should take something that, that really meant something to you. So I picked this book, and we're going to get the reasons why later on. <laughs> and then Emily picked her book, which I'm not going to mention now. But um, I feel the comparison between the two doesn't really stack up well for me. <laughs> no, I like when people pick a book that means something to them, but giving them that guidance sometimes either A, absolutely terrifies people, or B, ends up being like thousand page books and I can't do that in two weeks. Yeah, okay, so I must not be a very good listener because I agonized for a long time over what I would choose (laughs) and I asked, does it have to be this kind of book? I asked about the restrictions, including do we have to have read the book, which I have not (laughs) read the book that I chose. Wait, so the next one, nobody's read it? Yeah. Well, I've read it now. Yeah, Ollie's read <laughs> Okay, <it>. spoilers. <laughs> and I wanted yeah. something that was a contrast to this book. Yeah. Oh, it's a contrast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, I try to keep the restrictions as low as possible because, mm-hmm. you know, I Tim agonized for literally two months. This podcast would have started. <laughs> no offense, Tim. Love you very much. But this would have started a <laughs> month in advance, except for that Tim could not and would not pick a book. <laughs> and so... Finally got him to settle on Infected, which was the first book he mentioned. Mm -hmm. And by that point, I was like, okay, I can't keep this, like, big stipulation because it's going to cause people just to panic. Right. So, um, Emily, is this a normal kind of book that you would pick up? Waylander 2? Yes, Waylander 2. Um, I I think I would have started with Waylander (laughs) (laughs) 1. Um, I, I felt... A, a little out of my depth a few times when it's just like, oh, yeah, back in that one war that we all know about. And um, but it's 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 a really fun book. I enjoyed it. And I I can appreciate fantasy. Uh, it reminded me kind of a lot. Well, not a lot. It reminded me of in or, uh, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I thought this one was better. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, Ollie, Shots had fired. you read Waylander 1, or did you completely just pick up Waylander 2 one day and go, ooh, I'm going to read this? I, I read Waylander 1. Um, oh, okay. I'll explain why. For people who are listening, the, the, <laughs> the vast majority are not going to have read these books, right? Um, David Gemmel is the master of writing books where you don't need to know anything from any of the That's other true. books, mm-hmm. right? So you can, like, I, I genuinely believe you can pick this up and, and just start reading it and there's mm-hmm. enough backstory filled in. And the story in this one, 
is so much more interesting than the story in <laughs> Waylander One, where you spend half of the first book with Waylander, and you think he's an absolute scumbag <laughs> because okay. he's playing an assassin and he just killed the king, etc., etc., etc. And in this one, I don't think you at any stage dislike any of the main characters. Or at least I hope you don't, because I think they're all great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think in the beginning. Except possibly Angel's characters. racism, which he, yeah, which comes up like four or five times. Does the first book explain what happens to Angel's face? Um, no, Angel is a very minor character in the first book. Um, he's so just there's one no book of the at any point that explains what happened to Angel's face? Um, he just... From he's a fighting warrior. in the arena. He's a warrior. No, I mean, I figured that, but it, <laughs> it's so, it's such a presence. Like, every time someone talks about Angel, it's like, well, he used to be such a handsome man, and now his face. Is. Or as Murel says, there was such a contrast between his beautiful body <laughs> and that face, as she says. It's, it's written as dot, 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 that face. That face. <laughs> Well, before we jump in too much, just a quick summary of what this book is about. It's pretty straightforward, but Waylander is mourning his wife, um, who didn't recently die. It took me a minute to realize she died a while ago, um, and has a daughter, Muriel, and suddenly someone has sent assassins after him, and friends kind of pop up out of the woods, so to speak, <laughs> to help him fight and uh fight for his life and really that's the overall gist of the book yes there's more into it as to who sent him and why but <clears throat> that's really all you need to know going into this so yeah that's a pretty pretty good synopsis <coughs> of what's going on yeah um ollie does his wife die in the first book no that's one of the hardest things to read actually is she is a legitimately brilliant character in the first book. Mm -hmm. She's not oh, a warrior. No. She's the the two girls are not her children. She found them and she um she was resting. There is a war going on, and mm -hmm. in order to keep them protected, she recognizes um, Waylander as the kind of person you want to have around you. Mm -hmm. So she kind of press kangs in him into staying with her and helping to protect the children. And I mean, he has no interest in it because he's a as I said, he's not Don't a nice wolf. guy for the first 200 pages or so. Um, and as she gets to know Waylander and he gets to know her, he softens up a little bit. She just proves to be an incredibly interesting and effective character. Mm -hmm. And then they kill her off in between the books. Oh. You're like, yeah. shit. That's so sad. Yeah, she, uh, she was, it actually is really sad. Because <laughs> I read Waylander just before I read this. And I was like, oh, yeah, Daniel, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even, like, a good, exciting death. It's no. a horse fell on her, which is just... <laughs> it's that's terrible. I mean, it happened... But he had two wives, right? Mm -hmm. No more than that. And the first yes. one died, was, a, was murdered. Yeah, the first one gets murdered before the events of the first right. book. Um, so you, you take up in the first book, he's already Waylander, but he became Waylander, this master assassin, trying to avenge the death of his first wife and son. And the third book, uh, not to give anything away about the ending of this one, um, but Hero in the Shadows, is about him finally p 
putting that demon to rest and it's got maybe the okay. best ending of any fantasy novel I've ever read and I've read a shit ton of fantasy novels <laughs> <laughs> so Ollie why'd you pick this book what was so important about this book okay this book came out in 1992 and I was 11 in 1992 which is yeah. giving away my age right but I was a little, a little boy a little, a little mini Ollie and uh, my older brother was reading this and he uh, he left it down. I'd read a few of the other David Gemma novels, so I started reading this one. And around about 40 pages in, um, there's a scene <laughs> involving uh, Muriel, one of, or Muriel, one of the, the main characters, and Angel. And I was like, what's this now? <laughs> <laughs> and then as the book goes on, you get another scene near the end, which involved uh, Muriel and another character, Santa. And, um, and I was like, hmm. What's stirring down below here? I don't know. <laughs> so basically, this book was oh the first time. I hope you I have an explicit tag. Oh I yeah, I ever read about sex in a book. Yay! Yay! So when Ollie told me that, I've literally been racking my head since he said that, trying to figure out which book was the first one that I read that had sex. Me too. Yeah. And. I think the first explicit one was in eighth grade. Mm. But I read a lot of Christopher Pike, and I was trying to remember, does Christopher Pike actually have sex or, like, the fade to black? Oh, I hate that. And I have no idea. <laughs> I'd have to actually go back and reread a few. Mm-hmm. But I do remember reading Christopher Rice's A Density of Souls. I picked it up because it was a bunch of teenagers, went to college, and a murder had happened, and trying to keep the secret. Turns out there's a lot of gay sex in it. Nice. Because Christopher Rice, who's Anne Rice's son, is a gay man and write what you know. And um, that book got passed around between me and my friends. <laughs> and eventually the librarian realized this probably doesn't belong in an eighth grade library. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly 14. So. Is. is um, now he's Anne Rice's son. Yes. I don't think. Anything having to do with Anne Rice should be in an eighth grade no. library. <laughs> and we're talking sixth to eighth grade, so not even oh. like, yeah. Interesting. So. Your your middle school must have been a... It had just opened that year, and my <laughs> guess is someone picked it. I don't. Mm. I honestly don't know. Because well, now... So like... Lines were opened that year anyway. That's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I was trying to think of my first book with sex in it, too. And I think it was around the same time age-wise, like 8th mm-hmm. or ninth grade, when I read Everything is Illuminated by Jonathan Safran Foer. Ooh. Oh, okay. And, you know, he's like, like, I loved it back then. Now I think I would find it insufferable. Um, <laughs> he, he's very much like a white man writer. So there was yeah. a lot of like, you know, oh sex references look how cool i am just so cavalier about these i'll use the word cock i don't care like that kind of stuff and then me being like what what is she doing to it let's re- let's reread this again <laughs> like i don't quite understand how this is working i don't think that goes there but okay um oh. I, know I feel a little bit strange now because i not only can remember that this was the first book I ever read with sex in it. I also know when the first time I ever read a book that involved a girl pleasuring herself. Um, that was <laughs> that was uh, Judy Bloom. It was a book about scoliosis. Oh, okay. It's mm. called Deanie. 
Yep. Um, and the, the girl pledged herself. And I remember reading that and going, girls can do that too. <laughs> I wish I had read that book. They never told us this <laughs> in school. Every girl should read Judy Bloom for many, many reasons. <laughs> I did, but um, I read yeah. the fudge books and that was not in <laughs> the fudge books. books. <laughs> no, not in the fudge books. I remember uh, the fudge book I ever read that involved oral sex. Uh, that's Lion of Macedon. Um, uh, and as, as, the, as the guy puts it, um, or as it's written in the book, a kiss fit for a queen should not be spurned <laughs> by a king. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's how it's written. That is what it says. Do you just have like, he... do you have like a dirty library in your house <laughs> where you're just like, oh yes, I remember reading this in 1993. And listen, I was 11. My brothers were in their mid-teens. Pretty much every book was a dirty yeah. book back then. <laughs> well, I do remember reading a Sweet Valley High book in fifth grade history class, and they were kissing in the lake, and someone undid Jessica's bathing suit, and I was like, "Ooh, what's happening here? Mm. <laughs> what's going on?" And nothing happened in it because it's Sweet Valley High. <laughs> did but, she? Did she freak out? <clears throat> um, yeah, I think she pulled away, and I think that book might have been about how she got labeled a prude or a Aww. slut. I'm not entirely sure actually what that book was about, but I do remember that scene, and I do remember exactly where I was. Okay, but how is it relevant historically? <laughs> What? Well, because you said oh. you were in fifth grade history class. <laughs> it was uh, either after a test oh, or, oh, okay. um, yeah, one of those situations so, where so it was like during had been done. Yeah, it, I just know <laughs> I was sitting in class being like, "Oh God, what's going to happen? Nobody should see that I'm reading this." <laughs> so I know that's the first book that I ever read that like had a hint mm-hmm. of a sexual overtone. Um, and then like the next year, I read all of Christopher Pike. So that was gone quickly so that was a big <laughs> learning curve it's like but, people can undo bras followed by a lot of anal sex <laughs> <laughs> so but but sex isn't the only thing in waylander 2 in fact no, not at all. i was expecting a lot more yeah i was too um, um can we- wait you guys were expecting a lot more sex in Waylander. Yes, because you were yes. like, oh, it, it really awakened me to some things. <laughs> I just said it was the first time I ever read about it in a book. So I was like, it, yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so unfortunately when it comes to Muriel, most of the book is about who is she going to marry? Mm-hmm. Which Muriel is Waylander's daughter. Yes. And at first, I thought it was going to be a really cool fantasy novel, as in fantasy, the genre, not sexual fantasy, um, <laughs> for Muriel. But because in the beginning, the first hundred pages, you know, she's kind of set up to be a main character. And then once she gets her quote unquote talent back, the ability to read minds, she kind of gets shifted. Mm. And literally all she's good for is reading minds and who am I going to marry? Mm-hmm. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I have a lot to say about Muriel. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, first of all, Ollie, thank you for sending me this awesome copy of the book. <laughs> um, Ollie sent us each the book, and he yes. made sure to get us each a different copy so that we had different covers. And mine is awesome because it has Waylander, Muriel, and then waylander's um dog in the book scar Scar, who's like an irish wolfhound and they're gazing out over a body of water toward a castle and 
like he's got his crossbow on his back and she's holding a sword but as ollie was nice enough to tell me Waylander is modeled after Daniel Day-Lewis, so picture Daniel Day-Lewis from Last of the Mohicans in your mind. And then Muriel is modeled after Pat Benatar. <laughs> so she's got, like, this awesome feathered hair going and, like, leather form-fitting clothes. <laughs> and it's just, it really, it it's kind of... And boobs up to the chin. Yeah, it's kind of a metal cover. Um, yes. But... So the book starts and Waylander's been training his daughter basically her whole life. She's, I guess, 17 or 18 now? Like I think they said 18. Yeah. Because she is of marrying age. And yeah. Waylander's as, as like... one character puts it, I'm not married. <laughs> right. So Waylander's one of the best fighters and killers in the land like yes no they Everybody's can't afraid. they can't stress this enough <clears throat> in the books so he's, he's been the best yeah he's been training her her whole life and they're like fighting each other and she kills a lion at the beginning or yeah almost kills bad a lion. ass i totally <clears throat> forgot about that then angel comes in this warrior who was like a gladiator and uh you know He's just also a very good fighter and basically beats her in like 30 seconds, makes her question everything about herself, destroys her confidence, and <laughs> then has to teach her how to be Oof. a good fighter. <laughs> to so... be fair, David Gamel does explain it well that she is excellent at practice. She does not have the capacity to the instinct to think on her feet. That being said, <laughs> it totally crushes her as a character. Uh -huh. Like, she goes from being this really awesome badass character to who are you going to marry? Uh -huh. <laughs> also, um, feed these men who just came out of the woods. God, yes. <laughs> oh, and, okay. <laughs> so one of the first visitors they get, they're getting visitors at the cabin, like, the whole time. Yeah. Just it's coming like out of the woods. <laughs> and then suddenly everybody's going, hey, I know where Waylander is. Let's go see him today. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ooh, no one can find him. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he's in that cabin in the woods. So <laughs> That everybody knows about. So people start coming. The first one is this old tinker who is their friend. And he spends Realist the night. Is his name. He spends the night and then Muriel just walks out naked in the morning. Yes, like, badass. Like, badass. What's up, everybody? I'm awake. Although, like, I don't know. I, I, you know, little kids run around naked, but there is a point that you're like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess she either just never had that point or, like. She's just very comfortable with who she is. Well, and then none of, it's never sure. like, and then it's never like, oh, Waylander walked out naked from his room. Yes. Like, it's not like a family thing that they do. <laughs> <laughs> this is our house. We don't wear clothes. <laughs> and they're always talking about Muriel's body and how it's flat and nice and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, can she just go back to like killing lions and yeah, striking I'm... fear into the hearts of her enemies? That's what I it wanted her to do. several times that she's just a tad too skinny right she's yes. a bit stringy for these men yeah i one of the first notes i wrote down was this book seems to have a good balance of feminism and sexism great <laughs> and then the balance completely tips over mm -hmm. and 
yeah. yeah, you're right. Once, once, um, so for the listeners, um, she was an adept at uh, magic as a child. And then mm-hmm. because of an event where somebody tried to kill herself and her sister, and we'll talk about her sister later on, um, a, a warrior priest blocked off her talent for that. So she was no longer able to do magic. And then Waylander trained her to be a warrior. And then in the book, as Megan said, that warrior priest comes back and reinstates her powers. And then suddenly after that, she I think she touches a sword once between then and the end of the book. <laughs> and I mean, she does yeah. kill him. A, wear beast with it which is pretty cool yeah there there is a point where um and we can get into spoilers because that's yeah um <laughs> when Cinta dies and then it's like suddenly no. the beast Muriel came back yeah the beast that could slay everybody and i was like okay good where have you been for the last 200 pages yeah and okay okay i I don't think I would be honoring my women's studies degree if i didn't <laughs> mention that I felt some discomfort in this strange man she doesn't know coming, taking her powers from her just because he was like, oh, nope, you don't get these. And then later being like, okay, now you can have your magic back. <laughs> yeah, is that in the first book? Does it explain why he just randomly took her powers? It's it's in, it's in not in the first book. It's explained it's in, in this, this book. One. Um, okay, very that briefly must have totally that, that. <clears throat> yeah, that the main bad guy who's kind of running from the, the shadows, Zhu Chao, um, right. He was trying to collect children who had power because he wanted to sacrifice them. Mm-hmm. So okay. he discovered okay. that uh, Muriel and her sister had power, so he sent men to get there. And then Dardalian saved them. And then he gotcha. was like, well, I don't want this to happen again, so I'm going to block off your talent. Yeah, I get I get okay. the reasoning. Fine. But I get where you're coming from. But still, it's like, oh, come on. She could have been magic too. <clears throat> and okay, so... So listeners, the magic people in this book do this really awesome thing where they just kind of like go to sleep and then they float up like into oh, yeah. this, their spirits like yes. float up into the sky and they can just like hang out up there and, and see, the see everything and hang out and meet people. And I thought that was pretty cool too that they would just suddenly be like, well, now I'm going up to the sky. We're just going to go up and chat. And um, I know you're thousands of miles away, but... Um, I need you to come here. Yeah. (laughs) And they can read the future in that state, which is pretty cool. Right. And they can read everyone's thoughts. Yes. Yes. Which I do like the point at some point she's like, I'm not doing it anymore. So she at least has the ability to turn it off for the most part. I know there is a part where she's like, I can't turn it off. And they're just like, embrace it, get through it. (laughs) But I do like, she was like, it's rude. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. If you have this ability, that would be reading everybody's mind. She didn't want to read Angel or Santa's minds because, you know, <laughs> she, she they were her to friends and she wanted to respect them. Well, I also <laughs> wouldn't want to, to sit there and see fantasies of me constantly in different poses and positions. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for, positions. and While at the same time, both of them saying, she's a little bit too skinny. <laughs> and she sucks at fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, poor Muriel. I, I'm glad to hear um, Ollie was telling us beforehand that he was able to create whatever he was trying to create with Muriel later. Yeah, he wrote book. he wrote another book called Iron Hand's Daughter, and um, there's a sequel to it uh, as well. Um, and basically, he wrote the same character again. She had like this famous 
dad who was a warrior who raised her to be a warrior um but in this book iron hand passed away um so she didn't have a guiding figure a father figure so she had to go <coughs> do it on her own and basically she incites a rebellion and becomes the leader of the rebellion and she's a proper badass character she doesn't she does no she it's not like right you're good at fighting so you can't be magic uh oh no you're magic now so you can't be a good fighter because <laughs> i can't write the two of them he just oh. allows her to be a good fighter who does magic -y stuff at the same time that's it's actually cool. a really good book yeah there's got to be a thin line between muriel and the ya heroines of today mm. that you know where you have that combination of you're not just there as a secondary character who is a sex object i guess mm. or yeah. you know everything happens to you and they're the ultimate power yeah like there has to be a middle ground um a, a, another thing that kind of got, let, let me say again ollie i thought this was a really fun good book it was That's okay fun guys book, yes. i read this when i was 11 <laughs> i know i feel like i'm trashing it though but i can't get past a few things no, it's uh, Emily. Just to, before you go on, I, I'm one of the, I'm not one of these people who's going to suddenly defend the book. I think that my opinion on it is way better than anybody else's. <laughs> that would be pretty douchey. Um, what I do believe is that any any criticism of the book is valid, and you can still enjoy it and <clears throat> criticize it. So it's okay. Okay, great. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. So the reason that all of these men are suddenly after Waylanders because a price has been put on his head by a king? He was a, he was a king? He's the war leader. Yeah. There is no king because Waylander killed him. Okay. That's true. Okay. Okay, so he's like, but he's like an important guy. Yeah. Um, so this important guy has a son who accidentally murdered <laughs> Waylander's yeah. other daughter and her yeah. husband during an attempt an attempted rape so yes. the whole so they kill they killed dan danielle in between books to give waylander more of a tragic past after killing yes. his first wife then one of his daughters is killed while trying to save herself from being raped and that sets off the whole plot of this book and it's just it's so I really thought that she lost her talent because her sister had died. Mm. Like when it hit me that the sister had died, I was like, oh, it makes sense. She lost her talent. Her sister died. Didn't realize she could read everybody's mind. Um, but yeah, it's like he's, he sent, if I'm reading it correctly, he sent assassins to stop him from seeking vengeance. Right, right. Yes. So he, sorry, I didn't finish that thought. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted. <clears throat> so the important guy is then worried that Waylander's going to come after his son. So he preemptively says, hey, here's a price on Waylander's head. Anybody who kills him, you get money. And that's why these men are coming out of the woods to try to kill <laughs> Waylander, which brings Angel in, which sets the love triangle in effect with Muriel. <laughs> and Waylander goes out on his own and finds a dot. Like, it just, this, this. Oh, the dog. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. Oh, let's, yeah. <laughs> Scar is a great character. Yes. Yes. I like that his I name think was I need Scar. To put a warning of like, please no more dog killing books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't kill a dog. Like I kept hoping that maybe he wasn't dead, 
and that maybe he was lying that he got that he stabbed the dog. <sighs> There, there was a lot of stitching up of wounds, including yes. with the dog, and I don't like that. No. <laughs> also, also um, something I did like about this book <laughs> is that he often explained what people were wearing, like described what they were wearing, and always went into details about what kind of leggings people were wearing. <laughs> what kind of material. Yeah. Like, oh, he had black leggings with a hole in them. Oh, she was wearing... These kind of leggings. And... <laughs> well, I do have to say, I liked a lot of people in books will be like, he's a badass. He's bad. Trust me, he's a badass. I'm going to keep telling you he's a badass. Mm. But David Gamel at least stepped up and went, Waylander's a badass. Watch him kill 10 people. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh shit, all of the assassins are gone now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, and this book still of... has another 200 pages. What's going on? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of incidental little dialogue in it. Like um, Santa comes in and he's standing in the in the field in front of the cabin and he's saying to Angel, I'm going to fight Waylander. And uh, Angel says, Waylander will kill you. And Santa says, nobody can beat me with a sword. And Angel just laughs and says, I didn't say he was going to beat you with a sword. I said he's going to kill you. Like he said, Why would he fight you? He's going to shoot you in the back. And, uh, and Santa just doesn't seem to get this. It's like, but he, that's not honorable. And Angel's no response shit. being, I don't think he considers this an honorable action. Like, <laughs> there were a lot of great like one-liners and uh, yes. things like that. Uh, at I'm one point, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It's a lot of like kill lines, and at one point, Angel is fighting these guys who've come out of the woods, <laughs> <laughs> and he just says. Time to die, my boys, which <laughs> I love and I want to use it every day. I want it tattooed on my body. <laughs> it was. I, I was what I was gonna say is I actually despite his like raging racism, I loved Angel. Yeah. Like, he, he was my favorite character. He reminded he is me incredibly racist though. Mm. He is incredibly racist, yes. He he reminded me of Drax the Destroyer a little bit in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He is yes. very much like Drax. Very yeah. much. Yeah. But with more maybe like with more like one liners and idioms. Yes. And maybe a little <laughs> more intelligent. What does he always say? Oh wait, Ollie, what the he's always talking about someone's balls. Shemax balls. Shemax balls. That's like <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, the swearing in this book is amazing. <laughs> Shemak is the equivalent of the devil. So mm-hmm. if somebody says Shemak's balls, <laughs> and yes, for years I did use Shemak's balls. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, 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 and okay, I was reading the book and I kept noticing a word occurring over and over and over, and I was thinking, did David Gemmel not have a thesaurus back in the nineties? <laughs> Do you guys know? Did you guys notice? I mean, uh, I the only one I can think of is horse son, but oh yeah, horse son. No, but this is just a like a word I don't come across a lot, and it's Which not one? one that he made up. It's sibilant. Oh, I did not notice sibilant that. Sibilant whisper. He, yeah, he's always oh, and he he said in a sibilant voice or a oh, sibilant geez. way, and it's just like I was telling someone earlier. When I was talking about this book. I said if I took a shot every time that the word sibilant was used, I would be on the floor right now. <laughs> It's used every time uh, 
Zhu Chao, the, the main bad guy, mm. is on. And I think it's him <laughs> trying to give across the idea that he's got an accent. Mm. Oh, that sweet. kind of makes still or in also at one point um zu chow is ta- described as like um scaly in mm-hmm. the spirit realm or whatever so i think he's also yeah. trying to connect the imagery like the snake image imagery serpent imagery imagery mm-hmm. but still there's there's a way to say that <laughs> like there's yeah more than one way <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just really liked it maybe someone was like hey I will give you $10 if you work this word into your book this many times. Oh, my gosh. Have you? Okay. Do you know who Judy Greer is? Mm-hmm. Like the yes. Hollywood best friend, basically? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I read her autobiography a couple months ago. And apparently, like, that's a thing during press conferences. Like, they'll be like, you have to work in the word unicorn. And apparently she wins all the time. And like, you can watch her interviews and you will never guess like what the word is because she can always do it on point. That's every awesome. Time. So that's I kind of hope that that's what the case was with this book where someone went, you have 10 words. I need you to use them. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. Yes, she is. She could play I Muriel. Her. I yes. love Judy Greer. She's great. All right. So there's a whole... So this book is made up of different storylines that kind of converge at the end and right. different characters and they're all they've all got their own um, uh, goals, but then they all kind of are related to each other. And there's one all you can help me with what their names, what who they are. But there's one. It's like a um, a group of priests and there's the head the priest. 30. Dardalian. Yeah. And uh, he has 30 guys that he's mm-hmm. found and he's training them to be like warrior priests. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really liked that storyline. Like if it yes. if it was that storyline and then Muriel's st- storyline, because it, it was it was not the most progressive, but it was something I enjoyed a lot. Um, if it was those two storylines, I think this book would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how it started. And the then 100 pages is, in, yeah. Yeah, the 30 is f- in all of the Drenai novels. Mm. So okay. at the end of this book, one of the 30 survives, and then he goes on to find the next temple and raises the next 30 warriors. Mm. And okay. then the, the one guy from that group will go on to raise the next 30 warriors, etc., etc., etc. So in the first book, the first Waylander, Dardalian, who's the, the abbot of swords at the minute in this book, uh, he was captured and was being killed in the woods. Mm. And he meets Waylander, and Waylander's just kind of walking through the woods, and the two <laughs> guys are there. And Waylander kills the two guys because he's Waylander. And, uh, <laughs> and then he just walks off. And Dardalian is, has been tortured and is tied to a tree and is like clearly about to die. And he says, You have to save me. And Waylander just responds with, Why? because <laughs> he is playing a shit at this point like. uh-huh. um, but yeah it's very good and that's how Dardalian comes on and ends up being a swordsman as well because mm-hmm. he's inspired by Waylander so knowing that Waylander's a shit makes more sense as to why he's constantly like once Muriel gets her talent magic back he's like oh god please don't hate me you know, <laughs> yeah I don't think less of me etc cetera, etc cetera. and I'm just like you seem fine, dude. Like, <laughs> kind of sad. Well, and... He mellowed with age. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so knowing that he was not an assassin that was just kind of chill, but like an actual cold-blooded assassin hmm. makes more sense. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why Danielle, his wife, was so important from the first book. 
because he was cold-blooded and he would just kill anybody for money. And then through meeting the kids and meeting Danielle, he came back and he found his humanity again. Mm-hmm. And that's what the first book is about. That's really cool. So have you read all 11? Uh, Drenna novels, yeah. Okay. They're all really good. They're, they're, the true line is that uh, every book is connected to the next or the previous or in some way to other characters. So um, in Legend, the Nadir are trying to invade the Drenai. Okay. So the, the Nadir have become like this great big race. And it turns out that Waylander's great great grandkid and um the you know the little boy who's deaf in the book? Okay. In in Waylander too. So Waylander's grandkid and that little boy's great great grandkid be, they have children together and that's who becomes the leader of the Nadir. Okay. So if and but but as I said legend was written ten years before this. Okay. So this here is the prequel to that. The deaf kid, for the record, was adorable. Yes. <laughs> like, it. Okay, was it just me, or did it get kind of choppy towards after like the halfway point? Occasionally, I was reading and was like, "We just got out of battle." I don't remember us being in battle, or I don't know if it just jumped around too much. But suddenly, the deaf kid appears, who's adorable. <laughs> but I was like, "What point did he show up?" Because he's just kind of <laughs> here now. <laughs> he's uh, he comes in as. Angel and Muriel get into the Nadir camp past the um, the army that are besieging them, and right. then he kind of all every all of the Nadir ignore him because he's deaf, mm-hmm. and they have no time for people who have weaknesses. So Angel is the first adult who's ever shown him any sort of kindness. So he starts following Angel around. Mm. Gotcha. I thought I thought they were setting up. He I thought David Gemmell was setting up that. Um, so. Muriel chooses Senta as her lover instead of Angel because yes. Angel tells her he's young, he can give you more, I can't do as much for you. Also, and my heart broke. In fairness, I wanted Angel so yeah. bad. Also, he fairness, might be my it's son. It's unlikely that Angel could ever give her what Senta gave her, which was two <laughs> orgasms the first time she ever had. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, instantly. Um, but then, yeah. <clears throat> so I thought this child came in to be like, oh, look, this is going to be Angel's purpose now. He's going to take <laughs> care of this orphan and they're going to be adorable together. I thought that that's, that was going to yeah, be like, like his consolation prize. They're going to adopt a kid like Waylander adopted her. Yeah. No. And no. Doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it kind of broke my heart because at no point did it was I, I was just like, you picked Santa out of lust. Honestly, I don't know. Like, yeah. in my mind, she should have been like, okay, great. You guys are two great options. Let's see what else is out there because you're the first <laughs> men that I've talked to. Yeah. And, okay, so I get what Angel was saying because sure. lest we forget, he has boots older than Miriam. Which he does have some old boots. He says multiple times. <laughs> And <laughs> a great expression. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're a better fit, but she, she does want <laughs> she does want to explore her options. I guess. I mean, yeah, young people with woman. young people, and then when when that doesn't work out, um, yes. then she's like, oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> Angel's the obvious next best choice for me. I enjoyed when she was talking to um, 
oh shoot, the guy in the void while she's asleep and he's like, I don't want to talk about the fight. I want to know who you're going to marry. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <He's> like, <laughs> Casa Khan. It's like, this entire, yes, this entire book, every male character is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know bad shit's going on. There's a war going on. We're trying to conquer land, but who are you going to pick? Yeah. Well, Casa Khan, in fairness, has an invested interest in who Muriel is going to because sure. her great great grandchild is going to basically become the leader of the Drenai who is going to be fighting against the little deaf boy's great 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 grandchild who's going to be the leader of the Nadir and then he didn't look far enough ahead and he didn't realize that their children were going to be married off to each other and then it's the child of that union that would become the actual overall leader so he actually wanted to let Muriel die um, which is why he sent oh. her to Kar Barzak at the end, where the uh, the crystal was. Yeah. Interesting. No, we haven't mentioned the fact that there's an actual MacGuffin in this book. I don't <laughs> they have to go rescue a crystal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of felt a little out of nowhere, but it's like, okay, that's cool. But hey, that's it's cool. on brand. They have wizards. Yeah. They have magic. They have uh, hand jobs. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're ticking off all of the fantasy hand jobs that you yeah. should feel very guilty for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, guys. Here's what's hap- Here's what happens. <laughs> Angel comes in to what is he doing? Was he warning Waylanders about something, or did he try to kill him? Yeah, he came. He came. He was up coming to, to warn, warn Waylander because okay. he was friends because he was in love with Danielle. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he comes to warn Waylander, like, hey, they're coming. And he's like, I know. Yeah. Um, and then Waylander's like, hey, why don't, since you, since you almost killed my daughter, why don't you stay here and teach her how to fight for real? And I will give you yeah. 10,000 fantasy monies. And so he's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I'll stay, whatever. But and then most... Waylander asks him, why, why did I offer you 10,000? And Angel says, because it's the same as the, uh, it's the same as the bounty. And then Waylander says, yeah, I like you. My wife liked you. I don't want to have to kill you. <laughs> it's just it's like Waylander's just a fucking badass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then Waylander leaves. Um, For four days. Yeah. <laughs> and Muriel and Angel are just hanging out. He's, he's training her. It's it's kind of like a training montage. They're yes. doing like mm-hmm. all this stuff, and she's so tired and stuff. But then at one point, she like hurts her head somehow. Oh oh, a guy sneaks up behind her while she's naked yes. in the lake and uh, beats her with a club or something. So then. Angel kills those guys and puts her in bed. And for some reason, no, she was having a dream and she was having a nightmare, woke up screaming. And he's like, I'll be here if you wake up screaming again. Oh, OK. So he crawls yeah. into bed with her. Yes. Because the only reason I remember this is because the shower happens because of the hand job. OK. So. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. She has to wash herself clean. <laughs> yes. So she, he crawls into bed with her. Now imagine this is, <laughs> you're 17, this is one of your dad's friends who you didn't know until two days ago. Um, no, she boy. did. She did know him. He bought her a dress at one point. Oh, that's when true. When she was pretty. Girl. When he was pretty. And she and was, was at the time. and she was like five years old. So <laughs> he crawls into bed with her. As we know, she sleeps naked. She cuddles up to him and like puts her hands on his chest and 
they're just like, Ooh, I like what I feel. They're like, this is what we do. And he falls asleep. And then she lets her hand wander south. And <laughs> your hand motions are <laughs> is like feeling around, seeing seeing what it's like. And she like gropes him. And it's just like, huh. You're right. This is a sexist novel. (laughs) She's just taking advantage of Angel. Well, he's like unconscious and she's just like, oh, okay. And then. Yes. And then she's like, he's going to think I'm a whore. (laughs) She just kind of paws at it until it gets hard. And then is like, well, I got to go take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) She paws at it. Yes. (laughs) She literally says like, I need to be submerged in cold water right now. I need to go. Leaves is almost He's killed. All been there. And then never talks about it again. She's never like, hey, I just want you to know in a moment of weakness, I did something inappropriate to your body. All cards did on the table. I'm notice? sorry. He was asleep. No, he was asleep. Well, I know he's or asleep. So he but said. Like, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> I just can't imagine if someone's groping you in your sleep, you stay asleep. Well, it, it was like a, like I said, she's just kind of mashing it. Like seeing what it's like, she's not like just stroking. That's true. And then she, 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 he gets a little erect, and then she's like, "All right." But at least we know it's not a dead bird, because as we're told earlier in the book, a dead bird won't rise from the nest. <laughs> yes, with the tinker, yes, mm-hmm. who is pissed that he can't get aroused. I never. Yeah, he asked Muriel. Yeah, he asked Muriel <laughs> to put clothes back on. And she says, oh, do I disturb you? And his response is, no, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So sad. I never want to get that old. Yeah, your dad's friends are coming in and you're just walking around naked. and, and <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like she hasn't been around people for a number of years, but everybody knows where he lives. Yeah. Well, and also most people are magic, so if they wanted to know, they could just fly up above the clouds. Well, in (laughs) fairness, in fairness, guys, let's not forget that Muriel and her sister, her twin sister, were sent to a Catholic school, Catholic boarding school um, (laughs) in the town. Were they? The more I think Uh, about it, this is the weirdest book. (laughs) They did go to school. I forgot about that. They were sent off. I don't think it was Catholic school. <laughs> it is. Well, it's not Catholic school. It's the equivalent. They were sent to the religious, uh, the religious order school. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I wonder if anybody's going to be able to follow the plot of this book. Although I'm not sure if I really followed the plot. It's all very no. disjointed. You'll have like a chapter with like three different storylines in yeah. it, just separated by like a little, a little break. A little, uh, a little uh, dot dot dot. Yes, he does. Oh, I have mm-hmm. asterisks in mine. Yeah, oh. I do too. Oh yeah, no, you've got the American one. Oh, do it. No, yeah. I have the British one. No, you have the American. I have, you have the, the British because the American's got the full boob up to the chin. Mine's got a low cut shirt, but not a lot of boob. Yeah, but I was looking at the publishing information on the inside cover, and there's nothing about America in it. Does it? Oh, it, it wouldn't it have, have the American price or the Canadian price on it? It has UK price and Canadian price. Oh, yeah, interesting. That's. That's thing because it's published at this point. David Gemmel was publishing his own books. That's how successful oh. his first four books were. <laughs> that he actually set up his own publishing house. So uh, if they end up with Canadian price, it generally means that you've got the American copy oh, okay. or the North American copy. Or oh, okay, but North um, American copy. Yeah, because yeah. the ISBN so looks um, a little weird too. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the Irish cover again? Uh, I'm gonna post all the, the covers, sh- but it's just a, a shield. It's just a what? <laughs> 
It's just a shield. We don't get any booby ladies. <laughs> Megan, may I see your cover? Yeah, give me a second. I gotta figure out where I put it. Okay. Because I believe that Muriel has less clothing on in hers than mine, Ollie. I think she has less clothing, but it's more uh, austere. It's like you're not seeing as much cleavage <laughs> and it's not as figure hugging. Well, she is very skinny. Like, too She's skinny. Like, yuck. <laughs> All right, can you see? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she's wearing more of, like, a caveman getup. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, like, it almost could be Madonna pointed, but it's very clearly, like, a, I'm thrusting out my flat chest. <laughs> yeah, like, what's over there? <laughs> Very clearly did not have flat ch- chest. She had a very firm chest, apparently. Oh, yes. Well, she's... she was doing pull-ups. Like, that's what the <laughs> trained her to have. She's... She was doing pull-ups. I kind of wanted to take note of her exercise routine. She's got a nice set on mine, too. So Yeah, mine is definitely not. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's the age gap with Waylander? Because I thought he was an old dude in this book. And that's my cover there. Just so oh, that's remember. so sad. It's quite literally just a shield. So how are, how are young boys supposed to even know there's sex in that? They're not, Emily. We're <laughs> Irish. <laughs> They'll find their sex the night they get married, like all the rest of us. <laughs> okay. And then find out, unfortunately, that you probably didn't give her two orgasms on the first night. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the first night. <laughs> I'm waiting for Ollie's wife to go out and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you she'd just be like, not a hope. Well, well, what are you talking about? Ollie's talking about two orgasms overall, whereas in the book it happens uh, at one time. <laughs> Thanks a million, Emily. <laughs> so, okay, um, here's another thing about Muriel. Okay. She ends the book pregnant. Because yes. that's yeah, what happens when a woman has sex. She has to get pregnant whether she wants to or not. I know it happens. I'm just saying every, like so many female characters, the moment that they're like, you know what? I, I have needs. I'm going to have some sex. Pregnant. Yeah. Well, you don't that's matter happens, anymore. Emily. You don't matter anymore. It's your unborn child. So. It's not what happens, you know, Ollie. It's not. Not in my experience. What else bothered me? Like, I get it, her first love died, but, like, my first love didn't die, but I'm not still in love with my first love. Like, she, did she remarry? Like, I needed to know, did she remarry? Did did Angel, like, did she end up with Angel? Did something, like, I just, as I'm reading this and she's crying and I'm like, yes, it sucks, but please stop talking about how your life is over and that you're going to find him in the void. There's no way that this was your true love. But doesn't that, isn't she talking about that stuff, like, a, not long after it happened? Like, there is a grieving period. No, I agree with that, but it's like, I don't know, I just, when she announced, like, she's like, I'm pregnant, I just wish there was a line of, like, don't worry, we'll take care of you, or, like, yeah, take care of you or something. I don't know, it just, I, I almost felt like she... Well, Angel, Angel does says, or does say he'll take care of her. He says, "Oh, he, he kind of was just like." No, he definitely does. If, okay. if, if you want, I can tell you where it is in the book as well. It's about the fourth last page. <laughs> she, he says, um, or she says, "I'm pregnant," and then 
she looks at Angel and Angel steps forward and says, don't worry, I'll be there for whatever you need me for. No. Oh, no, mm-hmm. no, I see it. Okay. Yeah. I was the, the, the line after is, I know. And I was yeah. like, okay. But you're right. It does say that he will take care of her. That's great, too. Yeah. How um... That I take back my arguments. It's great that like Angel knows she's pregnant and the the wizard guy knows she's pregnant. She doesn't know she's pregnant for a while and Angel doesn't bother to tell her until she's like, by the way, I just noticed I'm pregnant. <laughs> Not even like a, look, don't worry, he lives on inside of you, kind of. Yeah, that would have been nice happy too. They didn't say that because that sounds creepy. <laughs> well, I'll... yeah. I don't think it'd be too out of place in, with some of the things in this book. That's true. I also think we've uh, we've kind of forgotten about Waylander. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I, after a while, ass. I mean, after a while, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really like. When was last time out or uh, Waylander did anything in here? Well, there was a moment that yeah, I thought that, and it was like, oh, Muriel popped up. Okay, he's cool. He got out of that area. <laughs> he's injured. Okay, we're going back now. Yeah, I'm just like. Okay. Uh, Waylander's just kind of doing his thing, going around, killing people. And at one point, he's like, you know what? I'm not sad about my dead wife anymore because I'm <laughs> killing people again. And oh, I thought that was no. great. The best thing is that Emily's not even exaggerating. That's pretty much <laughs> what he says. Oh, okay. Can I, can I talk about the part that I had to yes. find? Okay. There's this great part. <clears throat> In the book, after Waylander has gone away, he's like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to kill some people, soothe my soul. And he's fighting some guys, and they, like, make a deal. He's like, okay, if you stop hunting me, I promise I won't kill any more of you or something like that. And they're like, great, good. He turns immediately, slides down a hill of snow on his butt, (laughs) somehow starts tumbling out of tumbling out of control faster and faster his dog leaps after him is also thrashing about while rolling down this hill the horse i guess the horse came too horse dies (laughs) but it's just like the best like most slapstick physical comedy (laughs) like he's like all right then then i won't kill you anymore and he goes to make his grand entrance and then just like he fell down a cliff (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like Do you want me to read it? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Waylander flicked the bolts from the crossbow and loosed the strings. Let's go, dog, he said, and leapt to the scree, sliding down the slope on his haunches. Scar followed him instantly, tumbling and rolling past his master. But Waylander had misjudged the speed of the descent. (laughs) And he lost his grip on the crossbow as he struck. As he struck a hidden rock, which <laughs> as he struck a hidden rock, which catapulted him into the <laughs> oh my god, which catapulted him into the air, spinning and cartwheeling, <laughs> relaxing his muscles, he rolled himself into a ball and prayed he would not strike a tree or a boulder. <clears throat> At last, the dizzying the fall slowed, and he came to a stop in a deep drift of snow. His body was bruised and aching, and two of his knives had fallen from their sheets. Curiously, his sword was still in its scabbard. <laughs> he sat up. He was, his head was spinning, and he felt a rush of nausea. After it had passed, he pushed himself to his knees. As well as the two knives, his crossbow quiver was empty. 
His leggings were torn, and his right thigh was gashed and bleeding. <laughs> to his right lay the gelding, its neck broken in the fall. Waylander took a long, deep breath, his fingers probing at his bruised ribs. Nothing seemed broken. Scar padded over to him, licking his face. The stitches on the dog's side had opened, and a thin trickle of blood was oozing from the, sa the wound. Well, we made it, boys, said Waylander. <laughs> Like, he goes to this badass exit, gets catapulted into the air, is spinning, cartwheeling, it says, head over feet. Do you think the guys at the top of the hill were watching this? I bet they were laughing their asses off. Like, it, like this is, this is Waylander? This, this is the Waylander? It was, like, yeah. It was, like, isn't he, this is, this is the guy that they call Soul Stealer? That's something that would happen. That's something that has happened to Homer Simpson. And, or that there's a scene in Hot Rod when he just keeps falling down the hill. It's like comical and keeps going, keeps going. It doesn't stop. And then it's like, oh, horse's neck is snapped. Like <laughs> Dog's well, bleeding again. And the dog made it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, at that point, yes. And then he's just like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I was reading that on the subway and I was like, did I? Did I miss something? I, I had to reread it a few times. Yes. It's like, it's a tense moment. And then he just, this guy who's supposed to be like a god among men is like <laughs> flailing down a hill. Uh, and now I have tears on the, my glasses because that made me cry. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the central themes of um, Gemma's books is that no matter how good somebody is, they're always prone to making mistakes and gaffes and... <laughs> not being perfect and uh, that's an example of what he's talking about like Waylander's not perfect he's close <laughs> but every now and then he's gonna fall down a hill <laughs> yeah. and take the horse with him I loved that if, if there had been oh, more also, moments like that in the book I think it would have been maybe he was getting revenge maybe that was the horse that killed his wife <laughs> no. oh my I God. doubt it no didn't that horse die when he killed his wife I don't, I don't know the horse rolled over her yeah if it, if it didn't it die also, then. <laughs> he got the horse from the Black Knights, I think, so. Yeah, that's true. He got him from yeah. the Brotherhood. We forgot all about the Brotherhood. So not only are there the yeah. 30, which are the warrior priests, does the Black 30 that are the warrior evil priests, or as we like to call them, Father McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> are yeah, you there's... insulting your boss? Oh, Father McKenna's not my boss. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> I can't keep all the fathers straight. There needs to uh, be... Neither can the Catholic Church, Emily. <laughs> there needs to be, like, a map or, like, a guide. Like, don't some fantasy books do that? I don't really or like fantasy. A, almost like a family tree. Yeah. But or for like, guilds and I need groups and knights. the Lord of the Rings map. Mm. And it's like, oh, you mean just a map to see where the countries are? That and then, like, a, okay, and here's who doesn't like who. Kind of thing. <laughs> I just need, like, a flow chart. <laughs> The first, uh, the first map of the Draenei Lands um, didn't show up until the 10th book. Oh, Jesus called Christ. Whitewood. So, yeah, for years, I, I was trying to piece it together in my own head. And I was like, if I was to try and draw it from memory, um, from what I remembered as a kid, it wouldn't look anything at all like what it actually looks like. <laughs> it actually looks awesome. very similar to Westeros and uh, Esteros in, um, in Game of Thrones. So the tenth book is technically the sixth book. Oh God, that's confusing. Yeah, okay. it's called White Wolf. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I I had a lot yeah. of fun reading this book. 
You know, I really did too. At first, I was like, what is Ollie making us read? <laughs> this is not, no. But I enjoyed it yeah. quite a bit. I actually think I'm going to go back and read Legend because that's the one everybody seems to know. Yeah. Legend <clears throat> is very good. It's a completely different type of story. It's, um, oh, think of it as like a Rogue One version. You know the way Rogue One was like a different version of Star Wars? Right. A prequel. There is no good ending to Legend. Oh, you, spoilers! But like, well, just like once you know what the mission is, oh, gotcha. It can't possibly end well, so. Oh yeah, and spoilers for Rogue One. Really Sorry, like, guys. Well, Rogue <laughs> One ends kind of well. Um, <laughs> uh, Rogue yeah, one. but uh, I, I definitely recommend uh, Waylander Three, which is called Hero in the Shadows, where he plays an old guy. Mm. But it's got one of my favorite little lines of dialogue I've ever read in any book where um, Waylander goes off and he's called the Grey Man at this point and uh, they're describing the people that they're going to fight and how they're like melded with tigers and stuff like this here and she and uh, the person describing it goes oh they're stronger faster more deadly than almost any human and then one of the people says almost any human <laughs> and then the person describing it says like and it's written as like and she said with real sadness nothing that lives is more deadly than the grey man. <laughs> and uh, and they talk about winner. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, he's deadly. Um, but that means something different in Ireland. So <laughs> <laughs> It would have been cool if he like came out of the shadows and was like, me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's more deadly than me. And then slice his throat. <laughs> uh, Both of their throats probably. Yeah. Just shing, shing. He's like, okay, that part in um, Monty Python... In, in Holy Grail, where um, where John Cleese goes into the wedding and he's to save a princess, he thinks, and he's just, just killing everybody. He's just killing everyone, like slicing at all the wedding guests and things as he r- runs up the stairs. That's what I think of when I think of Waylander. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of ask questions then kill. It's kill and hope you didn't kill the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But but also I like. Okay, so part of the reason I don't think I ever got to it that I liked the the thirty um, storyline with the warrior priests was that there was some philosophy to it, and there was a priest in training who was kind of questioning his faith and how they could be warriors and still be true to their vows. And also, then a sexy woman comes, and all of a sudden he's feeling those feelings, and I liked that part because then it brought some philosophy into it and some yeah some uh some thinking bad philosophy yeah did you say bad philosophy it's quite bad philosophy Mm. (laughs) well but i still enjoyed that he was at least attempting to bring some some thought into the book yeah he he does get much better as a writer Mm. so i said this is his fifth book and it's uh as he goes on his next set of books, he rewrote the Arthurian legend oh, into like a completely different story. So it's, um, it involves magic or whatever. And Lancelot was Guinevere's war, or she was his ward and she fell in love with him and he had, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But then at the end of the first book, he gets returned to being a younger man, etc. 
and that's how she ended up cheating on Arthur and all this sort of shenanigans, right? Then he wrote one about ancient Greece, and then he wrote an entire trilogy about Troy. Wow. And it's very good he wrote about a lot. Hector and Achilles, etc. What? Oh yeah, he was a very prolific writer, very very great. Talent. What are the um, Arthur ones called? The first one is called Ghost King. And the second one is called The Last Sword of Power, and it's all about the Excalibur. Did you say ghosting, like, as in... Ghost King, yeah. Ghost King, so, okay. King, yeah. And <laughs> okay. Um, the, the idea is that Arthur... Uh, God, I, I'm trying to... He's a so ghost. ghost <laughs> he, <laughs> he needs to enlist a missing legion of Roman soldiers to help him and he basically has to go into so there is the idea of the the ninth legion that went missing so he has to go find them and it turns out that they hadn't actually gone missing that they'd been taken and put into like a an extra dimension by morgana and he had to go and rescue them and mm-hmm. then they help him secure the crown and all this sort of stuff so it's, it's it is very interesting so cool okay um, I, I think i would be interested in that yeah same here uh, or you could write, read Lion of Macedon, which was the first book I ever read, which contained gay sex. Oh. It was that by also by David well? Gemmell? That's also by David Gemmell. Nice, David Gemmell. Good for you. Good for him. Oh, no, he was very progressive. He also had a gay love story. It was the first time I ever saw two characters, because Lion of Macedon, there is gay sex in it, but it's amongst the Spartan warriors, and it's kind of like because they're not allowed to oh, see women. right. So they just... <clears throat> They, they That's take what you do. You don't have to tell us about and the then, Spartans. We know what they were doing. <laughs> we all know. Yeah. Uh, but then he wrote in the book Quest for Lost Heroes, there's a couple, uh, um, two men, and they live alone in the woods. And it wasn't until the very end of the book that it actually twigged me. And I was about 16 reading it this time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I, oh, that's kind of sweet. They were a couple the whole way through. <laughs> They weren't just roommates. Yeah, they weren't just living alone, Finn and Magrig. Um, so, what else, what are you guys going to read next that's not the book for the podcast? Emily, do you want to go first? Well, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, so I'm finishing up, starting to finishing, oh God, let me see. You're good. I'm starting to finish my master's degree. And okay. so this summer I'm taking a class to do the research for my professional project. So I'm going to be reading scholarly articles, probably on social emotional learning all summer. So I don't know how much time I'm going to have for fun reading. So that's what well, I'll I be reading next. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Ollie? Um, well, I've, Two answers for this. One, I volunteered to act as a reader for children with um, learning difficulties during the state exams. Mm-hmm. So I'll be reading students their state exams. Um, okay. And trying trying not to cheat and help them too much. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm actually going to read Hero in the Shadows, um, the next book in the Will Oh, series. nice. <laughs> because after reading this, I was like, oh, yeah, I might as well dig out Hero in the Shadows again. Awesome. So did you read the first Waylander first, or are you just going to kind of continue down? I read... I read the the first Waylander um, just before, so I think what's okay. going to happen now is throughout the rest of the summer, I'm going to read the rest. Nice. Of, I'll read the Drenai saga at some stage because um, they're all upstairs somewhere, so it's matter again. Right. Uh, and I've I'm I'm almost just about finished the book we're reading for Emily's episode. Nice. Yeah, you're way ahead, 
Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I've got it, and I need to... Uh, no, I actually have it. I checked it out early, and I think I technically renewed it yesterday or tomorrow. I, it's sometime. But yes, <laughs> um, I am reading an annotated version of Northanger Abbey, Ooh. because that's the only Austin that I like. I've never, um, I haven't read that one. I would like to. It's... Megan to Jane Austen. <laughs> Drop dead. Oh, wait, you did. Uh, no, I read all of it, and I and I get its cultural importance and everything, but the only one that I really like is Northanger Abbey, and um, there's not a lot of retellings of that one, so I kind of want to mm-hmm. see if I can get something out of that. Like, I have an inkling, and I'm just like, mm, let's. it's been seven or eight years. Let's try rereading it. Um Hmm. Awesome. Have you watched yeah. a BBC adaptation of it? Yes, Carrie Mulligan's in it. Of course I have. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. It's very good. I, I yeah. That's one of the few I haven't read of hers because I, I enjoy Jane Austen. Um, oh, Megan and Emily, don't fight. <laughs> no, no. Although I, I, I could not tell you what happens in Persuasion, even though I read yeah, that most no. recently. Um, a lot of walks, from what yes. I remember, which seems to be a theme it's in her Jane books. Austen, yeah. Though. There's a lot of yeah. walks. Yeah, I've come to learn they're best read annotated mm. um, so that you get more of the <laughs> cultural background. No, I, so I took the novel, or the beginning of the novel in, in college, mm. which is a little bit before Jane Austen time, and I took stuff around Jane Austen's time, and trying to read any of that without anything scholarly, to me, just... I don't see how people get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very hard. It yeah. is. It is very hard to read any book from that era. I find yeah. without having something beside you to say, well, what he's actually meaning here is potatoes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's potatoes because it's always potatoes. <laughs> of course. Uh, a funny story is the first time I picked up an annotated novel, I didn't know what annotated mean, and I thought it meant shortened. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> as in abridged. Yeah. So uh, I started to read, and I was like. If this was a bridge, what's all this crap? It's <laughs> even more reading. I was only a, I was only a kid at the time. I was like, this will be nice and short. What? Why is <laughs> why are they explaining everything? My favorite Austin novel that I've read so far has been Sense and Sensibility, and I love the movie. Please. So, yes, good to know. Big Gwyneth Paltrow fan. Gwyneth Paltrow is not in Sense and Sensibility. That was a joke, Emily. She's an Emma. Um, I need to go back and reread them. I read them. Um, I was roughly 1920 mm. and it could have been partly that I was just rebelling. The only one that I've read multiple <laughs> times is Pride and Prejudice mm. and everybody seems to love Austen. So I think that might've been part of it, yeah. but Northanger Abbey, I love Gothic literature. I did yes. my thesis on um, Gothic literature. And so Northanger Abbey, which is just entirely making fun of the Gothic literary genre right. i just i love it so much yes so have you read um have you read <coughs> Belfleur by joyce carol oates no it's on my list though. oh yeah. yeah that if if that one wasn't like a thousand pages yes i would have wanted to have read that for this because it's insane and i love it yeah What's I, it called, it's called Belfleur. it has been on my Belle list Fleur. it's yeah I have a Beautiful weird flower? problem, which is partly why I started doing this. Like, I read so much in college that is high literacy or like really intense that mm. I'm just like, no, I have no interest, <laughs> and no book should be more than 500 pages. Yeah. And um, so like I have one Q84, which is apparently amazing mm-hmm. on my reading list, but it's like 
1300 pages long yeah. or something yeah, yeah. i'm good yeah. <laughs> so. megan if you want the names of some short sharp heroic fantasy <laughs> novels just I will send a message this way anyway i know about seven million of the bloody things um, and he knows the good dirty ones too that's true uh, that'll be one of the good dirty yes. ones if you want to find the good dirty ones just go i'm just kidding <laughs> um so for the next podcast we are reading hard-boiled wonderland and the end of the world by haruki haruki um, murakami. Murakami, yes. murakami yes i'm the worst at names you guys haruki have the best murakami. names have you read any of his books emily i read uh, kafka on the short earlier this year okay yeah and i've read part of this one so far <laughs> I have read, I have no idea what this one's about yet. Um, I've read half of his running book mm, that yeah. I can't remember, yeah, yeah. but it is so soothing. Mm-hmm. So He's a great writer. Yes. Uh, he, I, I didn't. He has a questionable turn of phrase. <laughs> I will just say that. Okay. Well, we will get... if, if, we're, if we're going to go into great details about Muriel and what she stands for. Murakami has to be stuck under a microscope in the next episode. Oh, yes. Don't worry. We will. Don't worry. And I believe they were written around the same time. So it'll be interesting. Oh, excellent. Okay. So where can people find you guys? Do you want to plug your you podcast? Want, I, didn't, I didn't want to talk over Ollie if he was going to start. Ollie, you do it. No, no. Everybody you, do it. You, no you, do it. you do it way better than I ever <laughs> But did. people like your voice. And I feel like we haven't let you talk Gosh. very much. It's, I'm perfectly fine. You, I, I'm sitting, sitting here listening to two... Very nice ladies discussing David Gavin novels. It's been like the highlight of my year. I have to admit, you guys have a, the best balance, and I think it's because you guys have a podcast. Mm-hmm. But you both talk, you know, equally. I, I if usually if it's not the person's book, I feel like they don't talk. Oh yeah. So. Well, well, we're respectful of other people too. So. <laughs> Um, our podcast is called Best Acquaintances, and Ollie and I have a guest on each week who we've never actually met before. We've only talked to on the internet, and we goof around and get to know them better and have lots of fun. It is a lot of fun, yeah. yes. So once again, you should all best totally check out the Megan Griffin episode. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I have to admit that episode, you guys... I'm not kidding. It was so much fun that that's the reason that I was like, okay, I got to start this. It's been in the back of my mind forever. The only reason that this podcast even got pushed into existence is because of you guys. So, Aww, yay. Yes. That's so lovely, Megan. Thank we're you. like your mama podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I knew that I wanted you guys on immediately. Mm. Um, I think I even offered you guys the first slots if you wanted, but uh, school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so... Thank you guys again for both being on. Thank you for having um, us. Oh, thanks, Britt. It was been, it's been amazing. Ollie, thank I you. I got the chance to read Gemmel again. It was class. Yeah, Ollie, thank you for choosing such a cool book. Yeah, it was a great book. Oh, you're welcome, Emily. Um, nobody should be afraid of what the book they picked. Like, I, everybody seems to be nervous, but I have yet to really <laughs> absolutely hate a book. Or at least be like, why, why are we reading this? I wasn't nervous until I saw Emily's pick. It was like, I was perfectly 100% happy with my book. And then I got, Emily sent me the, the name of the book. So I went and bought the book and we're judging it by the cover. So I bought it, just walked into a bookshop, says, I want to have, do you have this book by Morikami? And the first two bookshops said, who? What? <laughs> so I finally me. got it in a, in a little um, smaller bookshop. And uh, I picked it up and I'm looking at it going, oh no. <laughs> Mine's got... 
a girl showing her boobs on the front of it. <laughs> this, is, this looks like art. <coughs> <coughs> boobs can be art. Boobs can be art. <coughs> Hmm? Yes, yes, they can. No, wait, I'm not finishing my spint on the podcast by saying (laughs) boobs can be hard. (laughs) I am. Um, All right, so you can find Best Acquaintances at, is it at Ollie and Emily? Yes. On Twitter? Yes. And uh, you guys have a Facebook page as well? That's right. Mm -hmm. Want to really quick send a thank you out to Mary again. She's the one who created the artwork. And without her, I would have just had some kind of, I don't know. It would have been bad. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, so thank you again for that. Uh, you- oh, Marilag has some really interesting ideas on steampunk. I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to her in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, you should. Uh, her blog's really fun to check out. She just got back from London and just, I think, did an entire, her took her London trip and basically put books to it. Oh, cool. So, oh, awesome. Um, yeah, her blog is one of my favorites. And while I don't keep mine up to date, I definitely still check hers out on a regular basis. And she cooks. She'll read a book and, like, cook something with it. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, What's it called? Definitely. Story and somnancy. It's uh, – I'll send you a link. It's – if you look back at our old episodes, it's all linked there. Oh, okay. Um, oh, excellent. So – And you guys are going to do a fairy tale podcast. Today. Yeah, we're currently working on it. Um, we're working on the first season. We're going to talk about the original fairy tales and where they came from, looking at – the history and cultural impacts, and then what they've become today. Um, the first season is going to be about Beauty and the Beast. So, oh, cool! Um, nice. We've picked two books. It's two books, a movie, a TV show, and then something weird. So it's we usually do an episode on the actual story, and then five um, adaptations, and something weird like video games comic books um there's youtube things so yeah we found a little bit of everything that sounds Um, great it's yeah we're really excited she basically all but has a degree in this like Mm -hmm. this is how she and i kind of became friends was through fairy tales so um when i was like so i kind of want to do this she was like yes i'm there so um yeah we're i've got a ton of reading for that to do too um, but yeah, the, we're recording them in advance and they'll get released. Yeah. I think probably closer to August. Cool. And are you guys going to have guests on this? Um, eventually, um, not anytime soon. Why do you know someone, Ollie? Um, I, I know somebody who's really interested in Irish fairy tales and how loads of other countries ripped them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually that would be great to get someone on to talk about that. So uh, if you're his brother, right? <laughs> Yeah, Eugene will do it. Um, he's going to be so pissed off I'm volunteering for this. Um, but even if he doesn't, I'll, I'll try and fill in. I get sure. him to like, sit beside me and crib me notes or something. <laughs> there you go. Um, so again, thank you guys. Um, yeah, to yeah. the listeners, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and basically anywhere else you can find a podcast. Our website's judgingbookcovers.com and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at jbc podcast or instagram at judging book covers podcast join us again in two weeks i don't have a clue what the date is but i'll add it in and post um and i will see you guys later okay all right bye thank you guys hey guys just a quick reminder forgot while i was recording um just released a mini soap with a giveaway go back and check it out released it uh, earlier this past week 
and get your entries in for a chance to win a coloring book. See you soon.